Well, good morning. I thought you were waving to me for a second there. I'll wave to you too. Well, good morning, Shore Church. My name is Jerry Adrian. I'm one of the pastors over at Westside Church, Vancouver, downtown there. And it is a joy to be here with you this morning. And it's actually, I'm one of the pr- pastors that prayed and commissioned this ministry years ago. And it is a joy when I got a message from Dale and uh, to come and preach here. It was, a, it was a privilege and an honor to say yes to that. So good to see some of faces, uh, much better than a screen. And also for those of you who are uh, tuning in live stream, so good to have you as well. So welcome. Uh, You are now weeks into a sermon series called On God's Heart. And I want to tell you right up front before we get into anything, what is on God's heart. And that is your Abba Father loves you. And so in the, with that in the back of your mind, I want you, and ringing in between your ears, I want you to please turn to Psalm 139. And as you turn to Psalm 139, I will pray for us this morning. Uh, Jesus, I thank you so much uh, for your love and your grace. I thank you, as we just had sung, uh, that it's nothing but your blood uh, that gives us freedom that pays for our sin, nothing to do with our works, nothing to do with anything that we have done or said, it's everything that you have done. And so Jesus, would you please guide my words today um, to point and to bring you glory and honor? Um, Would you soften our hearts and and allow us to see this amazing psalm that David wrote so many years ago um, and see your character and your love for us? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you uh, now are looking at Psalm 139, if you don't have a Bible, I'm sure there's one kicking around here somewhere. Uh, We are in a Christian school, right? So there should be a Bible somewhere. Uh, But in Psalm 139, this is a prayer, a conversational prayer from a, a son to a loving heavenly father. And so I want you to think about that as we read this text together. So uh, let's look at it this morning. It says this. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, Father, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Father, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I, make, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you, Father, formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. So I awake and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you, Father, with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. See, the psalm begins here with O Lord. That capitalized Lord means the unspeakable name of God. The self-existent eternal God. That's who is speaking, that's who the son is speaking to, the self-existent eternal one. And he loves you. And if he loves you, then he wants to show himself to you. He wants you to know him, believe in him, and trust him. And it says in this psalm that it is actually unfathomable to actually know who God is. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. So if God truly loves us, then he has to reveal himself to us through his word, through creation, and through his character. I've broken this psalm into six sections this morning. The knowledge of a loving father, the presence of a loving father, the power of a loving father, the thoughts of a loving father, the justice of a loving father, and the salvation of a loving father. So let's look at that first section, the knowledge of a loving father. In verses one through five, let's just read it again. Take a look at it in your Bibles. It says, O Lord, the self-existing eternal Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. Really? You search my thoughts from afar? You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. In this section is where we see the theme of no begin and then play out throughout the remainder of the psalm. All knowledge, or the theological word is omniscience of God, is this, this is the character trait of only God. He can only possess this. And we can either take rest in the fact that God knows all things about you, his, your words, your thoughts. He searches you out intimately. Or you can actually be disturbed by that. And feel burdened by that. But that burden is not like a burden that you feel weighty over. It's a burden of puffed up pride because neither you seek him or know him. And you're playing the fool. That burden won't feel like that burden. 
In this psalm, we see the positive outlook of one surrendering, that son surrendering to God, his father, the knowledge over his life, and turning what could be a moment of fear into a moment of worship. Like, take notice with me. There are a few words in those first three verses. It says, searched, known, discerned, and acquainted. These words are telling a story that has already been accomplished. And he continues today. These words speak of a deep intimacy and a familiarity. The Lord's self-existing, eternal one knows every thought, action, and word before it's even in your mouth. The word searched is intimately to intimately examine. The word known is to ascertain by seeing. The word discern is to separate mentally, to literally see the thoughts in your mind. The word acquainted is to be familiar with. So what are we, what are we beginning to see of the Lord here, of his knowledge of a loving father? We are seeing that he is intimately seeing everything about you. He's intimately seeing your thoughts. He's searching you out. He knows you. He discerns you. He's acquainted with you. He is familiar with everything about you, past, present, and future. I don't know about you, and really not many of you know about me, but when I hear about the knowledge of God in this way, it leaves me with three feelings, like deep feelings, feelings of awe, feelings of fear, and feelings of comfort. And maybe you can experience those, maybe you're experiencing those well as we talk about a God, the self-existing eternal God that knows you and searches you out and knows you intimately. The awe comes for me in a ways when I see the Bible and I, I believe it with 100% of my soul. Everything about me, I believe every single word is profitable for teaching and for reproof, and it's for me. And, and it talks about God in, in ways that I cannot understand fully. And it leaves me speechless. And then the fear comes because I know exactly what I said yesterday. And I know what I talked about. And I know what I thought about. And I know what I thought about this morning. And I know what I'm probably going to think about tomorrow. And I know my actions yesterday. And I know my actions this morning. And I know my actions possibly are going to be rebellious tomorrow as well. So we have the fear and Jesus knows. He knows and sees intimately what you've done. We see in the psalm that he knows our sitting down and our rising up. He knows and is acquainted with all of our ways. In Hebrews 4.13 it says, And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And you, we, will in minutes after this gathering sin against the holy God. The sense of awe, the sense of fear, but also the sense of comfort. Look again at verse 5 with me. It says, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. The hemming in is actually refers to like making all of your paths dark. Like literally putting a blockade around you 
behind and before and laying your hand upon you and he makes every path around you dark. Are you seeing this? What God is doing because he loves you so much, he's making the paths around you, the things that you crave in your heart, the evil desires, the things that you think are gonna supply you comfort. He's making those dark. He's hemming you in around from behind and before and he's laying his hand upon you. He wants you, short church. He wants you, brothers and sisters, to love him and to be present with him today. He's been saying this from the beginning of time. He is saying he's the manna in the desert. He is with you. He says the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. He is with you always and he loves you deeply. This is the comfort. We have the self-existing eternal God and he loves you and he wants to be present with you. God's heart is that you look to him. We cannot grasp how awesome our Lord is. It's, it's impossible. We cannot fathom the knowledge and the love that a father has for his son. Look at verses, or Isaiah 40, 11. I'm not sure if it's on the screen, but I'll just read it for you. It says, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Ezekiel 34, 11 says, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. Sounds really similar to the psalm we're reading. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. See, verses 6 is an amazing wrap-up to these first five verses. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Brothers and sisters, our Father in heaven, our, the self-existing eternal God, is searching you out. He knows you. He discerns everything about you and is acquainted with you. And he loves you. The psalm continues with this theme of knowing uh, by giving us examples of places to hide, but because of the character of God, the hiding places are literally, are, are just comical. So we have the power, or sorry, now the presence of a loving father, point two. So where shall I go in verses seven through 12? Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be at night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Many of you have children, are running around in the rain right now, which is great. Uh, many of you uh, have raised children or been with children, or I can guarantee have been a child at one point or of, the, of, of this day and age, all right? But the beauty is this, is ch children, as you know, as maybe you've played games with them, like hide and seek, they think that hiding is like hiding on their bed with blankets covered over them. 
Like they've known that this is the greatest place for them to hide. This is the greatest hiding spot known to man. See, I've got four kids and we played hide and seek for years. We still actually do. And my oldest is 22 and married. And, and it's a lot of fun. So go home today and play some hide and seek. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, so they figured out at one point or another that hiding on their bed with their sheets on them is a terrible hiding spot. They've realized this over time. I don't know when, what age that was, but they figured it out. See, David in this psalm is revealing to us that Yahweh, the self-existent, eternal God, is not only knowing, but all-present. In Jeremiah 23, 24, it says, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? Do I not fill heaven and earth? This again invokes in us awe, fear, and comfort. If you are engaged in, in sin and you know your heart, some of it anyways, not all of it, if you're engaged in sin, it should bring you fear. Fear that leads to repentance. Fear that leads to confessing to one another and to the Lord. As Jonah fled from God and realized his hiding spot was foolish, as David realized his hiding of his sin with Bathsheba when God opened his eyes through the prophet Nathan and he realized it was foolishness. And the craziest one of all is the story of Adam and Eve. They hid behind a bush. Foolishness. See, if you are right now thinking the sin you have buried will not reveal itself, you again are playing the fool. You're playing the fool because you think you can hide something from the Lord. You actually are playing the fool because you're elevating yourself in some way, thinking that you are greater than the all-existing eternal God. God sees all things, knows all things, and darkness is as light with him. The uttermost parts of the sea are visible. Where the morning begins is visible. We have awe, we have a healthy fear for the purpose of right change towards him, to surrender, and we also have comfort. Look again at verses nine and 10. It says, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, picture this, even your hand is there leading me and your right hand shall hold me. What the psalmist is saying is, if I've run away and find myself dwelling in the uttermost part of the sea, where maybe it represents wrath and rebellion and sin and confusion, even there, God's hand is leading and holding. The, the hand of a loving father is a powerful symbol. And in this psalm, we have already seen the Lord's hand three times. It guides, protects, comforts, leads, provides for, serves, directs, and consoles. Oh Lord, thank you for resting your hand upon us. Make today the day you confess your sin and the hidden sin and begin to process and self-disclose to one another and surrender to the all-knowing and all-present God. So we have the knowledge of a father, the presence of the loving father, 
And third, we have the power of a loving father. Verses 13 through 16 says this, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. It's a powerful section. He forms, he knits, he makes, he works, he sees the intimate working of a child being formed in the womb, and he logs it into a book. Let that sink in. The self-existent, eternal God watches you be formed in your mother's womb, intimately knowing all the details and oversees it and then logs it into a book. I'm not sure if you've noticed, uh, but we are in a revolutionary time right now. We are in a time that uh, puts feelings way over fact. If I feel a certain thing, that is my truth. Who I am, what gender I feel I am, what I feel is right for me, what I feel is most important. If you are currently someone battling with who you are, I plead with you, And on the screen, on those watching today, I plead with you, take some time in this section and meditate on it, asking the Lord to reveal to you how much he loves you because he says in his word, his words are that he's formed you intimately, fearfully, and wonderfully are you made by his hands. You are not a mistake in how you were made. You are a blessing. You are a blessing. You image God the exact way he created you to be. Don't allow this world to speak lies into this. They want to kill and destroy, speaking a false truth into your mind. Your frame was not hidden from God. Like it was intricately woven, meaning there needed to be great detail in a plan If you're going to intricately weave something, you need to have thought through this. Like, look at the palm of your hand, like the creases, the skin. Maybe on the backside, you can see the veins and the nails and the bone structure. Like, and this is just a hand, it comes with great detail. Furthermore, the self existent eternal God was watching all of it take place. So that no error is how, in, in how he formed you to be created would take place for he saw your unformed substance and even wrote your name in his logbook making sure there's a record, a documented record on your life. So who are you? You are chosen to live right now, presently, with the gender you were born with, no matter what you feel for the sole purpose to carry the burden of those feelings to bring glory to God in the midst of surrendering your feelings to him. 
It is not what we feel that is most important. Feelings are important, but it's not the most important. But to go to the King of kings and Lord of lords and draw near him as a servant, to go to the Father and submit to what he has called us to because he sees and knows much more than us. Just like a loving father knows much more than his children. It is not what we feel. We need to reframe our thinking. Like because God knows all things, is all present and is all powerful, he intimately wove you together. We need to reframe the fact that he knows much more than us. Some of you know that I have a daughter with Down syndrome. She's now 18 years old. Her name is Elle. And I love her with all my heart. I would not give up those 18 years for anything. Because she was intricately woven by the hands of God, she's not a mistake. That means if I believe everything the word says to me, that means how she was created was meant for me. As a parent, it was meant for her as a child. It was meant so that I would raise her for the glory of God. That she would live her life for the glory of God. Just like you. The life you were given the body you were given, the gender you were given, is the best thing for you. Such knowledge is too wonderful for us. It is high. We cannot attain it. We need to reframe that thinking that all the things that we presently have are for our good, even though they may be challenging. Knowledge, presence, power, Now forth the thoughts of a loving father. Verses 17 through 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Man, we assume many things, don't we? Sometimes without recognizing it or knowing fully, we assume on God. Every one of us do. We assume what he is thinking. We assume that we know better. We assume at times that he is evil. We assume that he is out to get us. We assume that he is distant. We need to stop assuming and we need to start discovering and believing who he is. David in this psalm wakes up in that last section of verse 18. I wake, awake, and I am still with you. David's first response when he wakes up is God. And he recalls God's thoughts and how many they are and how precious they are. Remember, this is the God of creation, God of order, the God of freedom, the God of hope, the God of justification, the God who made a way for sinners to have right standing before him on something you didn't do, he did. One of those thoughts, like think of the beach, the sand, the many grains of sand, one of those thoughts was salvation. In Romans 5, 8, it says, God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The thoughts of a loving father is to save, is to redeem. What redeem means, it simply means you're deemed free. 
He is deeming you free through the blood of his sacrifice on the cross. God loves you. I started with that. And I want to continue with that. God loves you. And it should blow you away that we get to, all of us, we get to wake up in the morning and breathe air knowing what we've done. The knowledge, the presence, the power, the thoughts of a loving father, and now the justice of a loving father. Verses 19 through 22. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. I want you to picture this. There's a, there's a separation here that's happening. And I want to do some body language. You guys ready for this? Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you, Father, with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do not loathe those who rise up against you. I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. These four verses seem out of place, but they are actually perfect in this context of this psalm. We just saw in the first 18 verses God's knowledge, his presence, his power, his thoughts. And David here wants nothing to do with those that live contrary to God's character. Are you seeing this? He is trying to align himself with God. He's like, I don't want anything. Look at who you are, God. I don't want anything to do with those who slander you. I want to be about who you are and what you have done. Notice these statements in this section. They speak against you. Words. They take your name in vain, belief. Those who hate you is a motive of the heart. See, every one of us will be held to account based on our words, our belief, and the motive of our heart. These three statements against God are these very things. They speak with words, with malicious intent against their creator. They believe and blaspheme his holy name. And the motive comes from the heart spoken from the heart out of the mouth speaks. And also the body responds. And in this case, in this context, they rise up against the Lord. The justice of a loving father is all through the text of scripture. Those who are hardened, those who disdain and maliciously have intent against Jesus Christ will be just, judged just with justice. It says in Luke 23, whoever is not with me is against me. It says in Romans 6:23, for the wages of your sin is death. David is expressing through this psalm his connection and love to the perfect justice of his heavenly father. And if we don't stop for a second and really take some time thinking about, am I one of those? Am I one of those enemies? Like, look at these questions on the screen. Have you denied the love of God? Like, think about it deeply. Have you denied the love of God? I know I have. 
you slander God's name with malicious intent by thinking God does not know or search you out? Have you ever hidden a sin? I know I have. Do you disbelieve he knows what words you say or think? Do you still think the darkness is too much for the Lord? Do you slander God by wanting or wishing to be different than how God created you? Do you hate your sin? Like hate it. Or do you hate God's commands? We all, like sheep, have gone astray. And we desperately need the final section of this psalm. Knowledge, power, presence, thoughts, justice, and salvation of a loving father. Verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. These two verses summarize the entire psalm. We see the words again, search, know, thoughts, and then they ask, are there any hidden motives of my heart that need revealing, Lord? What a difference in approaching the Lord, the sovereign, the self-existent, eternal God than the section just prior. Instead of malicious intent, we see David's humility and surrender. We see honor instead of blaspheming. Instead of rising up against, we see a dropping down in worship. Sure, church, this is the right and only response when the Lord is revealed to you. Humility, surrender, honor, and rightful worship towards the self-existent, eternal God. What is on the heart of God? Man, that freaked me out when Dale told me the sermon series. Me? You want me to tell you what's on God's heart? Well, here it is. That all would come to a saving knowledge of him. When you know and believe in him, everything changes. Your wants, your needs, your desires, how you treat your neighbor, how you treat your spouse, how you treat your roommate, how you treat your enemy, how you treat your coworker, everything changes because you realize that you desperately need him. Friends, do you want to know your purpose? It's to know, trust, and believe, and confess in him and in his deliverance for you. He wants to deem you free. Allow him to search you today and self-disclose to one another. If there's something hidden, confess it. He already knows. So bring it to light. Don't allow the enemy to any, any more to rule you in this time. And self-disclose to the Father. Because he loves you. May you give your life fully over to Jesus today. Why? Oh man, because he loves you. He lived a perfect life for you. He died 2,000 years ago for your sin, for my sin, 
and he rose again, beating death eternally so that we might have salvation in him. And he's coming again for any of those who believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. May the Lord lead you in the way of everlasting. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, I thank you so much for your psalm, the psalm of David. I thank you for um, the passion that you bring in his life and that we get to read some of it. Lord, thank you for searching us. Thank you for knowing us. Thank you for discerning and being acquainted with us and intricately weaving us together in our mother's womb. Thank you for your thoughts that you would think about saving us, that you would think about sending your son, Jesus, to die for our sin so that we might have life. Lord, I pray for my friends here, if those have never confessed their sin and belief and trust in you, I just pray, Lord, that, uh, that you'll do that uh, work in their heart and that they will confess and bring it before you today. I thank you, Lord, for all that you give us. In Jesus we pray, amen.